What is up, guys? This is the Kaniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. And I'm Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? Carolina and Washington are going head-to-head in that outdoor game. Yes, they are. And if you like this episode, please share, leave a review, and hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And also, if you like it, please share it too. Now let's start with the uh, Edmonton game. Want to go ahead and just do that? Um, yeah, we can talk about the Edmonton game. So that was a fun game. It was tight. It was close. Anticipated. I think it was sold out, if not very, 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 very close to being a sold out game. Great crowd. We were both there. Um, you know, it's always fun to go and see Connor McDavid, one of the fastest players in the league. I think he's the best player. It used to be Crosby, but I just think he, with Crosby, it's not like he's bad or anything. It's just age makes a factor. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Connor Mc. I mean, I'm I'm more. I guess you could say bullish on my opinions of Connor McDavid. I think he's the best offensive player in the league. I think he lacks in his defensive prowess, and I think that'll just get better over time. You know, like Crosby, like Ovechkin. It took Ovechkin years before he even learned to play defense, and by the time he learned, that's when they won a cup. So I think if Ove- if McDavid ever wants to win a Stanley Cup, he needs to kind of take a look at Ovechkin and see that, you know, when Ovechkin and the Caps finally won their Cup, it's because Alex Ovechkin finally learned how to play defense. Exactly. Now let's uh, get to this disallowed goal, because Edmonton scores first. but and then it was McDa- And it was Connor McDavid. I think, um, who was it that started? It, it was Anderson. That started, yep, right? Freddie Anderson was in that. Um, probably not the best, but it's against McDavid, so I mean, how do you? Probably anyone else you look at, and you're saying, you know, you probably should have that one, but you know, it lets it in. But at the end, it doesn't matter because former Carolina Hurricane Warren Fogle was a hundred miles off sides, and the goal was called back. So yes, and what's funny is because you and I were both at that game. And I saw the Jumbotron was looking at the goalie, um, seeing if like he was offsides or something. I was like, so is he offsides? Because that I think off- they thought that, that my guess was is they believed that maybe the arena folks thought that for that the Edmonton Oilers goaltender played the puck outside in the trapezoid, which is a penalty. Yeah, but they were challenging for offsides. But I, I don't think that came across super clear when they announced that there was a coach's challenge. And Rob Rendemore is really, really good at coach's challenges. He has been ever since he's been here. And he got that one. So, yes. coach's challenge. Warren Fogle was way off sides. And the goal he was. calls off the board. And they play on. Yeah. And uh, props to also the video coaches, too. Because they're the ones that are up in that box. And they signal Brenda Moore. I think it's Chris Huffine, I believe. Yeah, Chris Huffine's one of them. He's uh, he's been there for quite some time. It used to be um, there's another guy up there. Lincoln on his name. He was there for a while, but I think he's a video coach now in Detroit. Um, we've always had really good video coaches here in Carolina, so they do their jobs. They do it well. They communicate with Rod or the assistants, and um, they know to challenge. So 
They caught it. They saw it. It's something the officiating probably should have saw, given how offsides Warren Fogle was. But at the end of the day, the right calls made, so you can yeah. move on. I laughed when it was Warren Fogle because he's been offsides for us before. He's had problems with it. Oh, it's he just, just wanted to uh, to help his old team out, right? Exactly. <laughs> and uh, but when that goal was disallowed. I think that was a huge turning point for this team. Um, and that led to Terravine and getting a goal with an assist from Svetch. And Jalen Chatfield, he finally gets a point. I think he might have gotten one point when he was briefly called up here in that Canadian road trip. Yeah, he had a point before him. Um, but good for him. And I think Chatfield has been amazing so yes. far. I think Chatfield's done his job as a third-pairing defenseman. He's tough. He kind of gets into the dirty places. He obviously doesn't provide the offensive prowess that you need from someone like Tony D'Angelo, but you know you can't expect him to. My belief is they kind of expect Chatfield to come in and play in the NHL, not maybe next season, but definitely the season after. That's why they extended him. So he's expected to take keep taking steps, and he's doing his job, and that's good to have a defenseman who can come in, step in, and play. Yeah. He is absolutely not the right choice to have moving forward, especially going into the playoffs. Chatfield is great, but this team is special. They're unique. They're going for it, in and other in words. order to go for it, I know I've seen some comments out there and beliefs out there. Look, Tony D'Angelo is great. We're getting it back in a month. He should be there, especially right before the playoffs, and he'll be fine. But in order to make a playoff run, what do you see? You don't see teams bringing up people like Joey Keane or bringing up Maxime Lejoie. You don't see that. You see them go out, you see them make a move, you make a deal, you bring in and make the team better, you bring in that top defenseman. Let's look at Tampa Bay. I mentioned it before. They brought in Savard. They brought in a top defenseman, a top four-pairing defenseman, and Savard to come in and play. He didn't even have to play on the top pair. He played on that third pair. But you bring in that top four guy because you need the backup in case of injury. And experience. Exactly, and experience. Look. I love our young players. They're great. But if you're going for it, you can't really bring them up expecting them to hit a home run. But if Dallas says, we want Joey Keane and picks for Klingberg, deal. If Arizona says they want picks and prospects for Chichurin, or they want Ethan Bear and picks or prospects for Chichurin, deal. Because that is an upgrade. That is without a doubt an upgrade. You have to do that. It makes sense. If you stand pat at the deadline, it sends a message to the team that you are not willing to do what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. Yes, you may technically believe in the current roster, but you always need that backup, that experience, that preparedness to go for the Cup. This team can win a Cup. You need to give them the tools to win the Stanley Cup. Adding Klingberg, adding Chichurin to the roster puts you in that position. You will have the best defense in the Eastern Conference. It does. Period. You will have the best defense in the NHL if you make an addition like that. Yeah. Period. Because Colorado's defense isn't their best, and it's not their key element, it's their offense. Okay, they have Kale McCarr, yes, but who do they have after that? Carolina has Jacob Slavin, Brady Shea, Tony D'Angelo, Brett Pesci. You add in Klingberg, and then all those guys, plus Brendan Smith, plus um, Ian Cole, Plus, plus Jalen Chatfield, then you're looking solid. You have to make that addition to have that depth, especially when you get into overtime and playoffs. It's not five minutes on three on three. You keep playing. You keep playing hockey. 
Exactly. And um, we're recording this on a Thursday, and I tweeted out about, I believe it was um, what we would do at the trade deadline, and a couple people commented on, well, let's get Jalen Chatfield. And I can a little bit see of a point there uh, because of, like, cap restraints. We don't have a first-round pick. A little bit, but if I was Waddell, I would go out to get someone because as much as I love Jalen Tradfield, he's just, he's not someone you want to have and going for a run in the playoffs. You need to think about it this way. And we appreciate the comments and the discussion. That's what we want. We want to have a conversation. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm probably going to be more brash about my opinion. My co-host here, Sam Wallace, will probably be a lot nicer than I will. I apologize in advance. Not really, but I do. Um you don't want Jalen Chatfield out there on double overtime no. for you know playing a lot. He's good, but I don't know how good he is to last out there that long, to play those important minutes. That was the issue we had last season with Jake Bean. And I know there's a writer out there who just loves Jake Bean and Hayden Flurry. I don't know what you're smoking, but you're off your rocker. You don't want Jake Bean. You don't want Hayden Flurry out there. You don't want Jalen Chatfield. You want Klingberg. You want Shachurin. You know those guys are going to be fine out there. You know Ian Cole's going to be fine. You know Brendan Smith's going to be fine. They're tough guys. They can handle it. They've been in the NHL a while. Ian Cole's a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, and um, also last year on our defense was Hawk and Paul, and even though he has a little bit of that physical edge that Brendan Smith has, he, his skating just was he not, walked. he got walked. Almost every game, I mean, you get that one fast guy, you're going to walk. That's one of Tampa's issues this year, and kind of Boston, too, is their defense at the top is good, but as you get to their second, and you know, their top pairing is good, but their second, third pairing defensive four. They can get walked. But if you have that Klingberger churn on that third pair, maybe one might get walked, but you got another guy who can compensate. Exactly. Yes. So So, sorry for the tangent. Yeah. I'm going to get those, but it needs to be talked about. We got to have that conversation every game because, yes, Jalen Chatfield is great. Love to see him play. Love getting a look at him. You got to do an upgrade. You have to, have to, have to, have to, have to have an upgrade. You want to win a cup, you go out and win a cup. If it means you got to sacrifice some prospects, sacrifice the prospects. You want to win the cup this year. If it means you don't have a first round pick next season, who cares? We want a Stanley Cup this year. And not to mention, we had 12 picks in last year's draft. So I think we can a little bit afford it. Um, And back to the Edmonton game. Teravainen scores. That was a very great goal. And then you get a similar type of goal with Ajo on the power play, which are, I mean, we're at least scoring one power play goal every game. So it's not like it's terrible. No, I like to see the power play goal. I mean, when you look at the Teravainen goal and the Ajo goal, they were both in that bumper slot and they, you know, they pounded it home. I mean, there was a good shot, good goal. You know, Teravainen, you know, they were asking, like, are you going to start shooting more? usually says no <laughs> so yeah obviously you want him to he's a funny guy good guy and loved seeing Teravine score i mean i love him he's a great player i named my dog after him his name's turbo so oh, you just word. um you know you want to see him do well he's doing he's having a really great season this year i think Teravine is having one of his best seasons this year especially for the goal scoring department yeah and Aho goal was great and you know from turbo his favorite um his favorite assist man so it's good to see and yeah. they tied Kevin Deneen and Ron Francis for the most combination goals. So I think they've beaten it since then. I'm not 100% certain, but I do believe they did beat it the other night. 
yes. against the uh, against. And the we'll Red talk Bucks. a little bit more about that Detroit game because that was not the prettiest. But then we so uh, so we score. It's two to zero, and uh, at the very beginning was it the second. Or the third, second period, I believe. It was an early goal by Brett Pesci. But it was disallowed, it too. Was. So we kind of got the same boat. Yeah. Momentum lost. Shifts the other way. Very couple, I think it's like a minute later, if if that might even be less. Former Carolina Hurricane Derek Ryan, who had a hat trick the night before, scores again against us, and it makes it 2-1. to one. Props props to Derek Ryan. I mean, he, has, he is a former... Uh, Kane's player. Yeah. I've never been the biggest fan of Derek Ryan because I thought he was a very one-dimensional player. He was loved by Bill Peters, and I mean, we kind of saw that after he ended up leaving us and going to Calgary So with Lindholm, so you get that. I mean, he's a decent player, you know, but I think it speaks a lot for Edmonton's so-called depth when he's their third-line center. That's not okay. I mean, good gracious day. You think Edmonton can win a Stanley Cup with Derek Ryan as their third line center? Then you're crazy. Fourth line, maybe. No, I think mean, he's, uh, he's their third line center. That's just, but, that's uh, yeah, fourth line, yeah, but not your third line center. He, you also have to remember uh, during this time uh, they're out with uh, Ryan Nuke at Hopkins. So I mean, st- I mean, I would say their center core and generally their offense is their strong point. But they could work on the wings. That's why they brought in Evander Kane. And it's that defense. It wasn't even noticeable tonight. Or that night. No. It was not even noticeable at all. Yeah, I was a little surprised because I th- he's a bit of a feisty player. Evander is. Kane is. But I mean, he just we kept they we kept that top line for the most part pretty much shut down. Yes. And uh even though like bad to that Brett Pesci disallowed goal. It, it kind of gave Edmonton that momentum, which did, like you said, lead to the Derek Ryan goal. I thought that was a very good competitive game. I think there were times where Edmonton um, really had the momentum, especially more in the third period than I think the Canes were. But I thought that second period was just a boxing match. Third period, I think Carolina could have done better. Yeah. But I think it just shows the real toughness of, uh, of also, I believe it was Freddie who was in goal. Freddie Anderson's fantastic. Oh, he is. So he, you know, he does his thing, and that's what he did. He let in that one goal and shut the door. Yeah. Now let's get to that Detroit game. Uh, we lost. Those of you who are watching the video portion of the podcast, I'm rolling my eyes. Um, we don't so have a video portion. We should. So they would love my, they would love my, my oh facial boy. expressions. Maybe, too. maybe in the future we get a Who video we'll, podcast. We'll, 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 we'll take a look at it. How about that? We'll take a look at it. Yes. I don't know how you feel in front of a camera, but yeah. So uh, to that Detroit game, uh, we fr- we score the first goal, and thankfully it's not disallowed like a go- like one of our goals in the last game. But Aho, who's been on a tear, I would say that first line. Aho and Teravainen have been on a tear. They've been on a tear. Yeah, that's good. And it's finally Aho, Teravainen, Svechnikov. Please, for the love of all that is holy, keep them together. It works. That is not the problem. They score. They do good things. Don't change it. We're good. Hopefully they'll be that way tonight. Yeah. Um, playoffs is another story. 
I, you want I to mean, spread I would, the offense around in the yeah. playoffs. You want to be able to have at least three scoring lines to go out there to, to make teams have to do the same. Yeah. That's expected. In the regular season, load up and, you know, bury them. One line I would never change is this Jordan Stahl, Jesper Foss, and Nino Niederreiter line. And that really showed in that Detroit game. And we'll get they to were that. the best line, period. Yeah, they were. Um, but that Aho goal, that was good. And that was another power play goal. It was... Um, against Nedeljkovic, if you Kaniacs remember, the yeah, former goalie. That. Yeah, definitely good to see Canes. Um, I One of the first things I tweeted out just early noticing, and it was an issue last year, and it seems like he hasn't really quite gotten it controlled yet, is his rebound control. Ned has never been great with that. He kind of fights the puck. Um, but honestly, if you watch the game, Ned had a lot of great saves. Carolina just wasn't able to cash in on those juicy rebounds that he let out. That would be my really only critique of Ned. He needs to work on rebound control. Um, just, But he's young. He's going to get better. And I hope nothing but the best for him. I was a big fan of his. When he was a Kane, I still am. He's a great goalie, good player. He's going to do good things in Detroit, for sure. Definitely. Um, you could really tell in that Detroit game with Nadelkovich. I do want to spend time talking about him because he has been a former Hurricane. Um, his play style, uh, the aggressiveness in his play style, he kind of has to be because he's a smaller goalie than the usual goaltender. Uh, he plays a lot like Mrazek, wouldn't you agree? He's he he gets a little emotional. He's a little aggressive at times, getting out of yeah. the zone. I think, I and I think that makes sense because you know Peter and um Ned played together for a season. So yeah, you're gonna get that. Um, I don't know. I know you watch uh, Steve Dangle's videos. Um, I happened to catch it this morning for because they played uh, Morazic. They finally had fans in the building. Toronto played Buffalo, and they and lost Buffalo five to one. Yeah, Morazic was in goal. And one of the things he kept saying when you're the goaltender, tend the goal. The problem with Morazic is he fights the puck. He's a puck stopper, like Steve Dangle said. He's a puck stopper, not necessarily a goaltender. He does well. He can stop the puck. He's athletic. But I think Nedeljkovic has that same problem. You use your athleticism a lot, but you aren't doing you aren't doing the things that you need to, like rebound control, like kind of keeping an idea of where you are when it comes to the goal, where the posts are. So you kind of see some of the similar problems that Mrazek had and Nedeljkovic had, which makes sense. Yeah. But he's going to get better. Ned's younger than Mrazek. Ned's going to get better. Ned's going to figure things out. He's going to use his athleticism to his advantage. I want to see him do well in Detroit. I want to see Detroit do well. They're a solid, good young team. They're fast. I think they're a very fast team. They're going to be. They're going to be a playoff contender next season, for sure. Probably not a cup contender, but they're going to be on that cusp. Because I think Boston is starting to fade. I think Washington is starting to fade. So I think you're going to see Detroit kind of emerge as that team to kind of push for a spot, which is expected. I mean, Detroit for years was one of the always playoff teams. And, they've and they're off. ahead of schedule, too, because they weren't projected to be in the playoff hunt. No, this and, year. And they this exceeded year they expectations for this year. Absolutely. They're exceeding. They're doing pretty decent. Um, the eyes are men playing. I would love to see Boston or Washington just fall out. Because they've been in the playoffs for so long, and yeah, it's sure. nice to see other teams get in. Uh, another goal, speaking of goaltending, actually, uh, I thought Ranta 
boy, he was. You can tell he was a lot better than Nedeljkovic. Yeah, no, Antti Ranta was the best player on the team against Detroit. Period. End of sentence. He could have allowed seven goals. He, they, Detroit could have scored seven, eight, nine goals that game, but Antti Ranta was just lights out, unbelievable. The goals they scored, nothing you're gonna do about it. It's just how it worked out. One goal. I I felt there was goalie interference there. We'll but get to I don't that. Know. I don't I don't know what goalie interference is. Who knows what goalie interference is? Whatever. I thought Ronta was great. The only way they got a puck past him was they had to bother him enough. They had to bump him. And they scored that way. Ronta's just so good. Yeah, the goal was a power play goal. That was the last goal of the game. You can't blame this game on Auntie Ronta at all. The team didn't play very well in overall Carolina. I have some issues with officiating in this game, and we'll get to that when we get to those those that that time. Overall, Carolina did not play well, but they were chasing. Ronta was Ronta played very well. The team needs to buy him a steak dinner after that game. He kept him in the game. He gave him a chance to win when they had no right to win. If you listen to what Adam Gold had to say, he said the same thing. Carolina didn't deserve to win. Probably didn't deserve a point. Auntie Ranta deserved a win and deserved uh, deserved. A he was the only hurricane two. player, and maybe a little bit of that stall line, yeah. but they just weren't good. And they eventually tied up with Carter Rooney from Detroit. And I mean, he's that was a good goal. It's just what right. it is. You know, you got a good chance score a goal. And they can't do everything. Yeah, and and they eventually get the league um, from Rasmussen is how they pronounce it. And what's funny? This is a little. This is off the wall a little bit, not involving hockey. Whenever I heard his name from Mike, I always thought of Rasputin from the Kingsman (laughs) movie. I don't know why. That's funny. See him on the ice. Whenever Mike said that uh, during that Detroit game while I was watching it, I would say, ah, Rasputin. So. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it is it is what it is. They scored. I believe it was one of, it's, it was one of those goals where I felt like there was some goaltending interference there. I, I didn't, and it is what it is. You don't really know what it is. Rod didn't feel like he had a chance to win it. And that's really the reality of it. Unless you bulldoze the goaltender with not a player in sight other than that guy, you not going to challenge it because you don't know what it is yeah and we'll get to um yeah we'll we'll get to that but then the jordan stall line especially in that third period really put that game on their shoulders jesper foss gets a goal a little bit of luck because i believe it was off of a detroit um skate so what happened was is alex nadelkovich Turned the puck over. Carolina gets it up front to Foss, and Foss banks it off a Detroit skate in the net. Um, I mean, you know, just again, it shows the creativity of Carolina. Shows how good they are, and they took advantage of a Detroit turnover. That's what's going to happen. Good teams are going to burn you. Carolina made them pay for the Detroit turnover. And that's just kind of what it is. If you listened... Again, to kind of what Adam Gold said about Ned, and it's true. I mean, Ned loves to play the puck. Every time he does, it's an adventure, right? So it's like, what's going to happen? Yeah. So Ned plays the puck, doesn't work out. Carolina scores. Um, and Jordan Stahl uh, scores same line from uh, Shea and Nino. I did not think Shea had a good game. 
No, Shea did not have a good game. He was directly responsible for a Detroit goal. Yeah, he was. And um, I forgot to put it on here on the notes, but Dylan Larkin ties it up. And his goal, that was just an ama- that was more of how amazing he is than how bad Ranta was, because that was just top shelf. Dylan Larkin. Very skillful. Been, Dylan Larkin had been knocking at the door all game. It was just a matter of time, the way he was buzzing. He scored a good goal. That's just how it is. Dylan Larkin scored a really, 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 really good goal. Ties it up. You know, it was disappointing. You would have loved to have seen Carolina kind of shut it down and finish the game in regulation, but it goes to overtime. Yes, and um, one thing I want to talk about that Dylan Larkin goal, and we kind of covered it a little bit, is part of what led to that play, uh, Brett Pesci got hit high. Yeah. That made me a little more livid than the overtime thing because that was clearly clearly a call and I mean there's just this <sighs> one of the things again I know I mentioned him a lot but and he, he has good points Adam Gold talked again about Carolina's reputation and I think it's important to, to do that if you read his stuff on, on WRL you'll see it he mentions it in his podcast um, <clears throat> Carolina for whatever reason I don't know why has a reputation for diving. All all season, Carolina's been called for, no other, but the opposing team has never been called for. So I don't know if they felt Brett Pesci tried to sell it, so they just didn't call it. But I don't think there was anything to sell. I thought Pesci... No, there hit. wasn't. So it's, it's a thing that obviously Rod's been frustrated with. There's just no consistency with the officiating. And that whole game, I believe... There, there's a standard for every team, and our team... Ha- has a higher standard now i think the players need to realize it because there are penalties where it's callable i mean most of these are callable that our players make but it's also frustrating because of that standard that the officiating has put upon us it's it's annoying there should have been a penalty the goal never should have happened it should have been called immediately the puck play should have been stopped carolina should have been to the power play and that probably would have iced the game, or at least been very, very close to icing the game. Yeah, but it doesn't get called, and you got to fight back. They score a goal. You can't let that can't let that bug you. Just move. I on. thought Detroit, the way they were playing, they were going to tie it anyways, and I didn't think we deserved the win. I think, yeah, officiating was bad, but to me, what was worse was Carolina's play. Carolina had a bad. Carolina was not very good that game. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the overtime goal. I mean, yes. It was, it, was, it was a tight game. Carolina gets called for too many men. Yes, avoidable, but there was interference. Detroit caused the Carolina too many men on the ice. Because a Carolina player was hit by a Red Wings player and unable to get to the bench. Yes, Carolina shouldn't have jumped down, but before that was even a problem, there should have been a call on Detroit for interference. Yeah. But there wasn't. So I feel like the officiating in this game was poor. I felt like it was one-sided in favor of Detroit. Um, it definitely caused the overtime loss. The overtime goal was definitely a cause of bad officiating. But again, Carolina did not deserve to win the game. No, they got they a didn't. point that they did not deserve. I would have liked I'm to happy with a point. I'm happy yeah, you with get a point. point. You lose a point to a team that doesn't matter. So yeah. you're not going to make the playoffs. You're not going to contend for you for a spot. So it is what it is. 
Yes. And Columbus, I, I, I mean, I looked at the standings, but they're pretty close to Washington right now. Could you? Yeah, I mean, that? you know, when it comes to the standings, it's a lot closer than I believe people think. Because um, I've been paying attention to it. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's take a look at the standings right now. We have the Carolina Hurricanes, number one in the Metropolitan. We'll just go with the we'll just go with the Metro at first, um, and then we'll talk about the wild card race. We have the Carolina Hurricanes in first place with seventy nine points. The second place team is the Pittsburgh Penguins with seventy four points. Carolina has two games in hand, so that that's really helpful there and keeps us ahead, given we have a five point lead plus two games in hand. You win those two games, you get four points, you've got an even bigger cushion. So Carolina is well in first place in the Metro. New York has 54 games played with 73 points. Carolina's got a six-point lead there. And then really it drops off. Washington played 55 games, 65 points. Carolina has a monster lead on them. They're not going to catch Carolina. Um, then we have Columbus with 57. New York with 48. New Jersey, 43, and Philadelphia, 42. And New Jersey and Philly are done for the season. They're, they're not going to be making any kind of push. They're just going to go out and play and be spoilers for, for other teams. But let's take a look at that, that Columbus and, and, and Washington. Columbus has 57 points, 54 games played. Washington has 65 with 55 games played. So Columbus has a game in hand, so they can get two, which puts them at 15, which if they win it, puts them at 59-65. So it's close. Washington can fall out. They can. The Blue Jackets can push. Columbus would probably have to beat Washington. I, I don't know how many games the Caps and Jackets have left to play. You're going to have to, if you're Columbus, you got to win them all. Got to hope Washington continues to play very inconsistent and lose. Carolina still has to play Washington several times. In fact, that's our next game. I believe Carolina is going to, I think Carolina can win. We'll discuss that game after the game. You're going to hear that on this week's pod. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it would be great to see a Boston or Washington miss. I mean, I think that would make a lot of fans in the National Hockey League, not Caps. Or, or I also feel bad for Columbus fans because they've never been a team that's been, con- I mean, maybe commitment is a bad word to use. But never, they've never been a full-on seller or a full-on buyer. Now, there was that one year where they beat Tampa in the playoffs. Uh, they were extremely buying stuff but it kind of costed them uh the year afterwards so you kind of have to be wise on when to buy being buying they weren't even a top team they were a wild card team they bought at the deadline heavily sold off a lot of young players to bring in some top players and at the end of the day they were still a wild card team you weren't a stanley cup contender and you tried to go on and it didn't really work out for you um you're gonna you should you should see full buy-ins from like the number one teams in their in their divisions, like Carolina, Tampa Bay, Colorado, Calgary, you know, you expect those teams to buy pretty heavily because they're they're going for a cup. So either the number one seed in their in their respective divi- in their respective um, conference or divisions. Um, let's talk about the President's Trophy race. Carolina still hot on the tail of Colorado. I still think back. Colorado's going to get it because I think they're just a better team a little bit but we haven't played them yet so yes i do believe so if carolina were to win both of those games that would be a put us just a point behind colorado for the president's trophy with a game in hand so it's not over 
Carolina, yeah, not- I, I think when you look at the standings, look at how teams are playing, the President's Trophy is going to go to either Carolina or Colorado. Yeah, and uh, Colorado, they're no team to mess with. No. By by the next episode, though, we will be playing them here next week on Thursday. That's going to be a fun game. That's, that's we'll going to be something. We'll be there. We'll talk about it. Are we it. going? I can't remember if yep, I'm going. You and I are heading to that okay. game. We're going to enjoy that one. It's going to be probably one of the most enjoyable games of the season. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. And um, I do want to give one preview of a game that we are going to have. Um, Seattle. Yes. Uh, I think I think this deserves a bit of a preview because it a lot of the... Carolina former Hurricanes runs through the blood of Seattle. Yes, you have Ronnie Francis, the general manager. John F- And the Forslund. former voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, John Forslund. It's going to be awesome to see him. You know they're going to do a tribute to John at this game. It's going to be great. I'm excited. It's the Sunday. We're going to really have a great time. I'm just pumped. Adam Gold thinks it's going to be an emotional game for Forsland. I could definitely see it. I don't... It did sound like things... Uh, so, how things separated. parted with Carolina management wasn't so hot. But how things are with the fans, how things are with the players, the players and the fans love John. So, and that's kind of what they're going to get. And that's why it'll be emotional for, for John Forsland. Um, yeah. He's awesome. You know, I doubt he listens to the pod, but, you know, John's the best. Um, there is no one better than John Forsland. No offense to Mike Maniscalco. We love you. You have done unbelievable um, as a voice for Carolina. But we love John Forsland. John Forsland is class act. He's the best in the league. No, there is none better than John Forsland. You know, hey, hey, what do you say? I'm always going to miss that. I do miss that a little um, bit. Can't wait to, can't, you know, just love that he's got to get, gets to start a new franchise. It's good for him. Um, can't wait to hear him call playoff games again. You know he will. Hopefully he'll get to call a couple of Carolina games. I definitely want to hear that. Um, but John's the best. He'll always be the best. To every Hurricanes fan, you know, we all love him. So yeah, whatever they do to tribute and honor him, it's well-deserved. Yeah. And what's funny, we're talking about the broadcasting teams. I, I'd be shocked if we ever let Trip Tracy go. <laughs> Trip is also Trip is the best color commentator in the league. This is not sarcastic. He is the best. His opinions are usually pretty sound when it comes to the play. He knows what he's talking about. You're not going to get that often from a color commentator who's truly who's been there, who's played, who gets the game. He's a huge Kaniac. Oh, and gosh. you know what, Trip, keep digging oh, in. Gosh. We're big fans with you. Yes, we are. I've talked to a lot of Hurricane fans, and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of in between though when it comes to the opinions of Trip Tracy. It, it, you either hate like him, him or you like either him, really care. love him. We don't care. We don't care if you don't like him. We love Trip. We love you, Trip. No, we don't. Trip is the best. Period. Love him. I do love Trip. He have a, he has a soft spot in my heart. But yeah. Well, we got the Caps game coming up. We're going to go watch that. We'll be right back with you guys, and we'll talk about the Caps game. Depending on how the game goes, could have a little surprise for you. We'll see. Um, Maybe. It depends. That's what I said. It'll depend on the outcome with, with, with what you get next. Um, so we'll see you on the other side. All right, and we're back. 
after the Washington Capitals and the Carolina Hurricanes went head-to-head. I mean, who am I kidding? That wasn't a hockey game. That was about as bad as it gets. There wasn't a single Carolina Hurricanes player on that ice. Not one. Not one. Not Frederick Anderson. Not Sebastian Ajo. Not Andrei Svechnikov. No one. They were a dumpster fire from the first puck drop to the last puck drop. Bad game. Gotta move on. Nothing good. Horrible game. Absolutely horrible game. I think my eyes hurt a little bit while <laughs> watching that game. Uh, so, yeah, we're not going to talk much about that Washington game because it really did put a sour taste in our mouths. Obviously, this game was over with the second or third goal. I believe so. We're going to walk through this game real quick. And when it comes to that very first goal, I know I can't even remember who scored the first goal because I was that out of it. And that of was this game. That's right. It was Kuznetsov. I mean, mm. Caps won 4 nothing. Like I said, Carolina was just an absolute dumpster fire. I mean, but let me let me put it in, in a, a light that might be more positive. I would rather them have this kind of a game where nobody shows up now than in May when we're in the playoffs. You're going to have a game like this. We know that. You know that. We're obviously like the Columbus well. game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's a prime example. That's that was the worst game of the year. This game was pretty bad, but I still think Columbus was worse. You just got Columbus was worse. You just got to move on. Got to go forward. Got to move on. Got to forget about it. Got to go on tomorrow. You're playing a division rival again. You have to go out and get a win. You're at home against Pittsburgh. You need a win. There's going to be a lot of Penguins fans in that in that arena tomorrow night. You got to get a win on home ice. You got to for the sake of the fans. Got to get a win. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, this was a sour taste in our mouths. But also, I mean, we talked a little bit um, toward the very end of this game of Washington needed this game way more than Carolina did. Columbus is edging in on them. Uh, I think the broadcasters announced that they haven't won a home game at all this past month. So they were kind of fighting for their lives for this game. So you see more of a reason of them wanting to win than us. And they brought it. And let's talk about the ESPN broadcast. Oh my goodness. Did they love Washington? Carolina wasn't good, but you could have at least mentioned some of the facts about the Carolina Hurricanes having one of the best penalty kills. I think they brushed on it for like half a second, and then it was all about Washington. Oh. I mean, come on. I, I know they're a small market, and I know a lot of fans harp on the, you know, the national broadcast not really giving Carolina much of any kind of respect. But, I mean, you know, they still have fans, and they're still going to watch it. And you're a national broadcast. Talk good about Washington. Talk good about Carolina. That's what you're supposed to do. Let's be unbiased. And that's just not what we see in some of these national games. I mean, I, I'm glad tomorrow is back to, to, to Mike and um, Trip. I missed you all tonight, just saying. Uh, I definitely missed them tonight too. Um, was was that like an NHL broadcast or was that an actual Washington Capitals? Yeah, broadcast? it felt like I was watching the Caps home feed tonight. But 
you know, at that because I, I got confused a little bit. There. I was like, are we actually just watching the Washington feed or something? But no, this is actually national television. They didn't talk hardly about the hurricanes at all. Now, one thing I will put in their defense. They have made it known where Carolina is a great team. They have, but they never expounded on it. I mean, at this point, uh, there wasn't much to talk about the Carolina being a good team tonight. They didn't exactly, and again, if we're being fair, they didn't exactly prove tonight that they were a good team. Like they do in any national team. Yeah, whatever reason, Carolina doesn't play good. Uh, on a national broadcast, it is what it is. Like I said, tweeted it out after the game. Carolina was pretty bad. Just got to flush it and move on to Pittsburgh. So that's what you got to do. You got to move on to the Penguins. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to. It's a pretty quick turnaround. But my expectation is Carolina is going to go home and be about as angry as you can be. So... Go play angry. Play tough. Play aggressive. Play mean. Get out there and hit. I mean, Pittsburgh's yeah. an older team. They're not a very physical team. You cannot do you can you can beat Pittsburgh. If we can beat them um at Pittsburgh, we can definitely beat them. Yeah. At home. So we should I, be able to hopefully really take should. the win. Take the win tomorrow. Go out and win. Play a good game. Um and just put this. They're one smoking you. Tampa right now, but Again, we're both playing back back to back night, yeah. so that doesn't matter. That's out the door. Yeah, yeah. On oh, fatigue, and I think this game might show a, a few glaring issues that we we might have. Um, I think I think I thought this was one of Ethan Bear's worst games, but Ethan I mean, Bear you could was, you was, could was you, you could say bad. any player was just terrible because no one showed up. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, like you said, and it's rare that Slavin and Pesci had bad games, and they had bad games. And again, everybody had bad games. I think glaringly bad. You have have Ethan Bear was was almost embar- was an embarrassment to watch. You have Marty Natchez who just can't buy a goal. Uh, He's a turnover machine. He wasn't very good again tonight. You know, they sat Seth Jarvis tonight. I don't agree to put to put Derek Step on it. I agree with putting Derek Step on in. Yeah, but I I do not agree with benching Jarvis. You need to put Natchez out for a game. He needs to sit. He needs to be in the press box. We need to. He needs to sit. He he is a he is. He is a liability on the ice right now, and that's not a good thing. He shouldn't be. He is too skilled. He is too fast. He has got too good of a shot. He's got to play better. And it's 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 um embarrassing at this point. So they they got to do something. I think maybe yeah. a night a night on press row is a good is a good thing for for Natchez. Yeah. Well. I think we're kind of done at this point of talking Washington. This this episode's going to be a little bit shorter uh, due to other stuff. Uh, recording this at a different time than we usually do, but I mean, yeah, but, anything um, else you'd like to say? No, I mean, we'll just keep previewing that we'll be doing something a little different for the trade deadline. We're looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, the goal is to try and do something something live, and obviously we'll post a recorded version of it, but we want to do it as it's happening. I think that'll be fun. Um, not sure what avenue we're going to pursue. We'll keep looking it up, and we'll, we'll, we'll let it be known what we plan to do on the deadline day before that so folks can have an idea. Um, I 
on to the next one, right? Yeah. Always on to the next one. Um, I do want to say one thing. This has nothing involved about hockey, uh, but it, it, it was brought up in my mind when you said that you had a dog named after Terry Vinen. Yeah. You should... Post some pictures. Of that. I mean, <laughs> I might have to. Might have to. Yeah, Turbo. After Terravining, come on. Oh yeah, I got got my got, and people got a puppy love dog dogs. named Turbo. Uh, give him a little rug. Give him a little. Give him a little uh, doggy pets when he uh, when Terravining scores. He's a good luck charm. Every time Terravining scores, he gets a gets a nice little little head scratch and some ear scratches. He's a. Uh, I'll have to. I'll have to post some up so folks can see the little. Yeah. Can see the see the good boy. I like dogs, and everybody does. So I don't oh, think that's a problem. Absolutely. Well, I guess that's it for this one. Um, we'll see you all next week. Hopefully, after some wins, and they kind of yeah. get it together. Uh, well, for the Caniac Report, I'm Sam Driscoll. I'm Sam Wallace. Have a good night. All right, bye.